Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama drama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands on the shiny new CD, it is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the manky old cassette, who is Philippa Hall. And the last part of this week's old-fashioned audio recording format, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumby Dum is from Jennifer Corley and Angus Corley. Uh, they're commonly known as the Ambridge Pony Club on the Twitter. Now, Philippa, somebody else would like to send us in a Dumby Dum. How can they do that? That was amazing. That made me smile a lot. So if you would like to sing as a dumpty dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105. Leave us a message on SpeakPipe or send us a text message starting with DUM to 077 862 Thanks to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices, and to Lucy V. Freeman. On this week's block-busting, tear-jerking episode, we hear views from Fiona, Witherspoon, Glyn, Mark Gott with the hard tea, Monty, can't get rid of Monty now, he's ringing every week, and <laughs> Ali from Washington, D.C. But first, folks, before all that, it is... The week that was Ambridge. Hello, Dumpty Dum. I'm Amber, and this is the week in Ambridge. Rory's batting for both teams. Ben's jealous of silly named Troy, but only time will tell if this is a burgeoning romance. Brian shows off his tremendous levels of emotional ineptitude in a scriptwriter favourite and refuses to let Rory speak for long enough to explain his wishes and feelings. Mass flooding around the country as listeners bawl their eyes out at Siobhan's wonderfully wholesome message. Jazza and Johnny are angling for the same woman. 
golly gosh, Jade is spoilt for choice. Between a milkman with commitment issues and a young farmer lacking in both hair and IQ. Helen's buying Beechwood, it seems. Wouldn't this be a lovely story if we weren't implicitly aware that Kirsty's beau is a psychopathic maniac? That's all from this week in Ambridge. Right then, Philippa Hall. Um, <laughs> let's deal with the elephant in the room. Go on. What is it with the scriptwriters and this trope of somebody's trying to speak, but the other person won't let them speak? I just cannot, cannot abide this. And it's just, it's not even tired. It expired in 2009, as far as I'm concerned. Please, why do they keep doing this? Oh, yes. It was so frustrating. In fact, I actually wanted just to interrupt you there just to prove a point. Voice field about <laughs> how, how irritating it is. I just didn't feel it was right. I didn't understand why Brian was going off about this address book and making the call. That that part of it really grated with me. What did you think? Did you Were you just as annoyed as me? That, that's the way I've queued up the whole question. It was incredibly ridiculous. Um, mm. We knew, as far as we're the listeners concerned, we want to hear this recording. Rory wants to hear, hear this recording. Mm. We didn't need the added supposed tension of Brian being all upset about the fact that his little boy has got upset because Auntie Neve um, has sent this. It was just incredibly yes. ridiculous. And it just held up proceedings for another couple of minutes and it didn't need to be held up. There was but- enough emotional depth, nuance and whatever with Rory's response that we could have had extra time to play that out. Yes, you're absolutely right. It wound me up so much and all this faffing about trying to find an address book and and not listening. But then I was thinking, first of all, we've always got to have something to get wound up about in in the archers. And and that certainly filled that that slot for me. And I I suppose there needed to be some shouting for Jennifer to hear and come in and and try and sort things out. So there needed that sort of argument between the, the two characters I thought I was just glad that they didn't play the CD in that first episode I don't know about the shouting thing but then I loved the sending out of Brian to peel carrots that for me was a classic moment that he was sent on his way to peel carrots while uh, Jenny talked to Rory and was there for him so I but I do agree I was just um, pulling my hair out, as I often do with the archers, willing them just not to do this interrupting. Mm-hmm. The, the the thing is, and it's something which I've said on many a dum-de-dum, there is a general conceit between us and the script writers, us being the listeners, that we are smarter than the average cookie who listens to continuous drama. Mm. So when we are confronted by tropes, we take it really quite personally. We go, we're better than this. And yes. script writers, you're better than this. And the fact that this is brought out at least once a month is incredibly grating. We appreciate there are certain conventions that have to be used in a continuous drama. We get that. But this is such a blunt instrument. That's a very sort of negative way to start what was a fantastic week. And... Well, I'm building up. Oh, to sorry. The fact that this is wonderful. <laughs> ah, hurrah! You know, this is com- compare and contrast, right? Yeah. So we have this incredible storyline, which is 18 years in the making. Mm. And we had a most wonderful payoff. It just goes to the very, very, very heart of 
the archers in many ways. Number one, storylines play out almost in real time, or at least can do. But then also you've seen Jennifer, who is a character which in many parts we love and some we go, she's an incredible snob, mm. completely and utterly display her maternal side and the fact that she sees Rory completely as her son. Whatever resentment she has for Brian about that affair with Siobhan isn't meted mm. on Rory at all. She knows that he's completely and utterly innocent. And she gave us all pause for thought. Would we all have reacted in that way? Would we all have forgiven our partner? Because that's, you know, living, breathing betrayal there for 18 years. But it's not the child's fault. It's not Rory's fault. But she is bigger and better. And what a wonderful human being. What a wonderful mother. And it was incredibly touching. It was touching Rory's response, very obviously. Mm to hear the voice of his mother, who he doesn't remember because he was four when she passed. And then uh, Jennifer guiding him through that emotional minefield was incredibly beautiful. And we had so many uh, calls, emails, etc. people just saying, you know, lump in my throat. Uh, it, it was crying, you know, I was crying. I was just like, you know, in utterly taken away by the performance all round by the two actors. Yes. I hadn't expecting it to be quite that emotional, especially having the original actress in it. Just just sent shivers down your spine. You hadn't heard her act in that ro role for so long. And then there she was immediately. You knew it was her. I was walking the dog through town thinking this is, this is going to be fine. I was bawling my eyes out. People were stopping and looking at me thinking something was seriously wrong. And you're just like, no, it's just the archers. It's so lovely. Um, do you want to know some breaking hot news? Go on. What are you doing Friday at seven o'clock this week? Well, you know, I was going to be doing incredible things, but I think I might be doing something even more incredible. Tell me, what is it? Arthur, who plays Rory, is coming on to the show. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Oh, wow, that's going to be great. Well done, you, getting Talk him to come on. Yeah, exactly. Talk about the, the man of the moment. Yeah, so we yeah. don't mess around here and dum-de-dum. -dum. You know, when something happens on the archers, we go straight to source and we go, oi, mush. Uh, get, get, get on your laptop on Friday at seven o'clock. And for the most part, they go, all right, then. Yeah, I've got nothing else going on uh, mm. this week. So if you have been moved by uh, events last week in Ambridge, um, why don't you join us? And if you don't know how to join us on a Friday Zoom, quite simply, uh, email me, royfield at gmail.com, and I'll give you the, the credentials. Or you can sign up to our Facebook group and all the details to be there. Or you can follow us on the Twitters and then DM uh, Dum De Dum, and uh, you'll be given the, the, the said credentials. Mm. But you know Fantastic. what? Fantastic. Right? Mm. Uh, Philippa Hall. Tell me. Right. Uh, I'm going to do this. Hello, Ambridge3962. Right, um, it's only right and proper that we uh, start with a caller in a row who's on a flour-flunged shore. Uh, it's going to be Ali. She's in Washington, D.C. Did you know we once burnt that down, us Brits? That's going back a while. That wasn't just this year. No, 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 1812. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. They had it coming, the bloody Yanks. Hi, all. <laughs> it is Ali from the Washington, D.C. area in the United States. 
I first want to say how lovely the story with Rory and Jenner of her husband, how she's been a mother to him, given how painful the, the reason he exists is to her. And we've seen a comparison, a contrast, how Ruth is being with her similarly aged children. Quick points. Alice has got that pregnancy symptom that some women get where their personality just becomes more likable. At least she's been that way with her mom. Too bad that doesn't carry into after you've had the child for women like Pip. Certainly hasn't expanded to her baby daddy. I think we're hearing covered restricted storylines. My biggest example of this is that Troy being an ex didn't make sense. Perhaps he was meant to be cast, but they couldn't. So he's trying to be friends after presumably being Roy's first boyfriend. That will end well. My hope is for Rory was a plot device and he goes away. I don't want the potential drama he might bring to Rory, who is such a sweet character. Anyways, goodbye friends and thank you for the shade that you've been showing our country um, with our election debacle. I loved all those comments and I loved her resilience to keep going despite all the background noise. That's just just, just perfect. Yeah, I, I hope Troy is just a, a plot device and, and nothing more than that. And it, it is lovely to see the friendship develop. I, I was very interested with the point about Alice becoming more likeable in pregnancy. Is she becoming more likeable or is it just those vodka kefirs in the fridge that she's keeping stacked up? <laughs> Good question. Mm. Can you actually have a vodka kefir? You can have a kefir and you can put something with it. So so why not? Uh, the kefirs I've come across are, are, have a number of ingredients in, so I don't see why not. Look, you can have vodka jellies. Mm. I remember that very clearly or very not clearly from my past. Um, so you could have vodka kefirs, I'm sure. Um, I don't want to be an old misery guts, but should we be cracking jokes about Alice possibly drinking if she's up stick. You see, you're turning this again into a very serious thing. And yes, I completely agree. It well, is entirely wrong. in the absence wrong. of Peter Fickling, I feel <laughs> I need to be a little bit <laughs> Oh my bit goodness, you're channelling Peter. There you right. Go. Well, and thank by, you very much. Yes. And, and, and just whilst we're here, uh, we have to say uh, the reason why there is no Kerry and there is no Peter is because Kerry is properly poorly sick. Well, she's recovering. Um, she's in. She's definitely recovering. She had a little bit of a knock uh, last week, and um, it's taken the wind out of her slightly. So uh, we send in her our best wishes. Uh, yes, so, get well soon. Yes. So uh, next week uh, there should there should be a Kerry and a Peter uh, duo uh, back on this podcast. So you were talking about Alice and vodka kefirs, which really is belies the fact that it sounds like you had a little bit of a drink problem uh, before. <laughs> how, how did you get over your drink problem? Did you go to Alcoholics Anonymous or was it Gamblers Anonymous? But really, it should have been Slavers Anonymous, which you were going to. <sighs> Oh my goodness, you're being so cruel to me But today. no, but this I'm is the whole thing stop. about... No, no, no. This is the whole thing about Dum Dee Dum, is that the presenters reveal of themselves, <laughs> don't they? So what revelation do you have for the listeners, basically? Uh, I, I'm really sorry, I'm going to fail you. I don't have any amazing revelation to, to tell you. The, the thing I have to own up to today, which is mm. very serious, is I did... Uh, consume quite a large quantity of chocolate earlier today. But apart from that, 
There's there's nothing to reveal. Thank you very much. But is there something that you would like to share with the group? Absolutely not. Now, <laughs> I've revealed quite a lot on this podcast in the last six years. What what chocolate was it? Green and Blacks, Cadbury's? What are we talking about? Yeah, no, 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 no. None of this healthy stuff. It's Cadbury's whole nuts. Yes. And, and when I say a large quantity, it, it's, uh, yeah quite significant but then why not i think i i think i deserved it today so there we go why today in particular you were, you're to... gearing yourself up girding your loins for me were you so to speak <gasps> <laughs> yes that was it the the nerves were kicking in and i thought i know what what will help a large quantity of sugar and fat that'll just send me over the edge and make it all right i you're a chocolate fan though as well aren't you i am i am um i tell you what first coming here five plus years ago an old girly friend of mine used to give me uh, a, give me a special treat by going right. out of her way driving up to berkeley bowl because they actually have a section which says english candies <laughs> and she'd come back with a turkish delight i'm sorry here we are talking about chocolate and then you've just completely changed and you're talking about eatable soap basically <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was no. never massive into Turkish delight. When somebody goes out of their way and comes back and says, I've brought you a taste of home and they put in front of you a Turkish delight, what do you go? You go, that's probably the rank end of British chocolates. <laughs> no, you, you look, you say thank you, you eat it and you lick your lips. It's the polite thing to do. No, because then they'll think it is your most favourite thing. Well, and that's every exactly time... what she thought. So she kept on coming back with them. <laughs> but there's a reason why they had to put the word delight into its name. Because otherwise there would be no delight to be had in that at all. I'm sorry. No, it's a toiletry group. It's not a food group. Good heavens. Now we're on the subject. I'll mm. just deal with this briefly. But this is a major issue for me. Kit Kats. So a normal Kit Kat is in the biscuit aisle. A chunky Kit Kat is in the sweet aisle. How is that possible? I think they're being sizist, frankly. You know what? You put way too much thought and brain power into this whole topic for me. Um, <laughs> as the said host and producer of this podcast, I'm going to exercise my right to go, Fiona, you're next. Hello, fellow Dumpty Dummers and esteemed presenters. Fiona Siobhan here. I know I don't call in more than once a decade, but it's because I rarely have anything useful to say. I've been an Archers listener for most of my life, and I'm slightly older than Shula. Listening to the Archers has been like a very long marriage. Sometimes I'm totally in love, and sometimes I just want to pack my bags. But the thing that keeps me from actually walking was illustrated beautifully this week. For unlike most dramas, the characters aren't cardboard cutouts. They're written realistically, with all the nuances and complexity of real people. Yes, we like to complain about the currently displayed characteristics of the residents of Ambridge. I do it as well. But when we listen long enough, we hear all of the dimensions of each individual. Thus, there aren't very many Ambridge people that I actually really hate. Except Philip for what he's doing, of course. And Susan. I've hated Susan since 1983. The young Fiona was in love with Neil. And the latest nonsense storyline of Susan on the radio just makes me rage. Jennifer is a character that I have frequently disliked. You see, I cannot bear snobs. 
Give me someone boasting of their riches, and you'll find me quietly longing to drive them and their bloody Mercedes straight over a cliff. No, Jennifer is not my type. And yet I remember crying for her and gasping in admiration on the night that she realized that Brian was Rory's father. I admired her then for her generosity of spirit and sheer courage. And once again, I have nothing but admiration for Jennifer. I love her for the way she loves Rory. Well, until the next time she boasts about how she's better than the next person because she has money. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Yes, the, the ups and downs with characters and how Jenny might drive us to distraction at some point. And yet this week she she was just there for Rory and we saw all of her all of her good side. Fiona's voice is the most wonderful voice I've ever heard. Did she do the Cadbury's Caramel advert by any chance? You'd think so, wouldn't you? She is a presenter on radio in Pennsylvania, but she uh -huh. does have the most wonderful, wonderful, wonderful voice. Mm. Mm. I tell you what, you know, I can give her a call now and boot you off this podcast. She, yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> excuse me. Here I am, here to help, and you're all, it's just, well, it's just all attacking me. You put the idea in my head. No, you've lured anyway, me in. Last time anyway, you were so nice and kind, and this time you're so just... fragile. And let's, <laughs> uh, let's deal with the substance of Fiona's call, even if she does have the most wonderful voice. So, yes, I, I completely agree with her. I, I think we have become so endeared to Jenny this week and it is the fact that the archers give us these 3D characters. I, I don't know about Susan. I'm a I'm quite a fan of Susan. She doesn't irritate me as much as many of the other females. We've always known that Jennifer has this large capacity uh, for love. She's a great mother hen, isn't she? She looks after mm. her brood. She makes no distinction with Rory. If she'd have walked out of that marriage when she discovered that Brian had not only had an affair, but fathered a child uh, with Siobhan, um, everybody would have said, good on you. Take him for half of what he's got. Yeah. You know, you, you deserve it. Mm -hmm. Look at look at Rory. Look at the, the, the man that he's becoming. You know, if, if she had walked out, Brian would have packed him off to boarding school at the age of four and, you know, wouldn't have seen him again. And You do know that's she... what he did. No, not straight away. There was some time when he was still at home. He didn't get packed off for for a few years. Until he was my... about six. Yeah, so there was a couple of years there. <laughs> and, and at least he had Jenny to come back to in the holidays. And I just think, crikey, if um, the Sean, the character, could see the love that Rory has. I mean, that it's just so warming and wonderful. You know, no mother would want to leave their son. It's just horrific. And, the, you know, she had to record that message. That must have been heartbreaking for the character to do. And yet to know that he's OK, he's he's survived having Brian as a as a father. And although it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out and um, how he fits in with the family going forward and his part to play in the family business, um, but yet there's just this warming moment. And after all we've gone through over the over these months, didn't we all need that? <laughs> uh, we did. We did. And, and I think you make a really salient point, which is um, seeing how Rory fits in with the family and the family business going forward, because very obviously he's seen as, uh, you know, a fully fledged member of the Aldridge clan. 
Um, mm. He doesn't seem to have displayed too much interest in farming yet. But, mm. you know, I think we all suspect that he's Brian's secret favourite. We know that Brian is re- really close to Debbie, but he is Brian's only biological son, isn't he? Adam mm. actually isn't. And we know there is this friction, this tension between Brian and Adam. That's been there for the last 15 plus years. So you can see uh, potentially um, a future storyline, which is all about Rory's inheritance and Adam's nose being put out of joint and what it means for Xander, etc. So, yeah, this thing will run and run. And that, again, is the beauty of the archers. It's all about inheritance. It's all about family. It's all about what is bequeathed. It's all about custodianship. These are the very elements of the whole uh, docudrama. Um, mm, Go on. Uh, Can I ask a question, though? So at the moment, we've got uh, Rory having his 18th dinner party, and Ben has gone round for that. My question is just about covid because during the monologues we were very aware of the virus and all the restrictions whereas now they don't seem to be following them as much which i understand is difficult to do because it it is ever changing but has there been an announcement from the bbc to say we're really going to ignore a, a lot of the changes because my worry is obviously this is a terrible time that we're all going through and will be a moment in history but if people go back into the BBC archives in 30, 40, 50 years' time and listen to the archers, they're going to be saying, oh, I don't really know what, what all the fuss was about. Mm. When, you, when you say how, how terrible history is, you specifically referencing 2020. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there are times when we've listened to other episodes of the archers going back when there's been some awful events that have happened in the world and have affected the farms particularly, and we've been able to listen to those and learn about them and experience, you know, how difficult a time it was for the characters. Yet with COVID, and I'm not saying they have to, because sometimes it's quite nice to escape all that's going on, but I've not seen any decree come from the BBC to say we're just going to really park it on the whole we're not going to be experiencing it so much unless unless they've made an announcement and i've missed it i think to hell with covid um (laughs) in terms of the storylines because the writers uh, and the whole production team are too much at the whim of current events so i think they have to just fundamentally plow on with the drama um, and I think we all need to forgive them that we need to understand, you know, we've gone, uh, my kids in, in Ontario, they're about to go into a severe lockdown in Melbourne, Australia, they're restricted, they're opening back up after having a severe lockdown over here in California, they've opened up restaurants and they're going to close them down again next week. You know, mm-hmm. things are all over the place. Now, I know this thing is set in the in England, in the middle of England. So you could say, well, to hell with all of that, Royfield. But considering that, I forget what the level of lockdown, uh, which the UK, what England is going into yeah, at the we're, moment. Yeah, full we're full lockdown at the yeah. moment. Bearing in mind that Wales is easing out of one, mm. right? I just think, mm. come on, we need to, like, cut them some slack and just say, look deliver us the drama we understand there are things happening in the real world which are which you just have no control over 
to the best of your ability with the technology which is available, which keeps actors safe. Just, cr- mm. just, just, just plod yeah. on. Do your yes. thing. That's a fair point. It's just, you know, the when they covered foot and mouth, we were really involved in that and experienced that. And um, if they're not going to mention COVID, that's fine. It just seems quite a gear change from what happened during the monologues. But I'll I'll take it. I'll take the joy of this week and put COVID to one side. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm holding my hands up. It's fine. Good. Good, good, good. Right. Uh, from Fiona, the woman with the uh, the golden larynx, uh, mm. rather lovely voice. Uh, we go to Glyn. And uh, that sounds like I'm saying that he hasn't got one. Goodness, I set myself up to fail there. Glyn, you sound wonderful too. I wonder where you are <laughs> this week. Are you in a field with cows? Let's find out. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here on location again. No cows this week. Oh. But I do have a castle for company. Well, it's not really a castle. It's the pile of a 19th century mill owner, which has been under development for so long, it must be an Amside project that Lillian has forgotten about. But anyway, in terms of last week's Archers, uh, having phoned in last week and said the script writers were writing to a six episode schedule, well, last week they clearly were writing to a four episode schedule and they brilliantly put in the story of Rory uh, he's coming out to Ben and the disc from Siobhan into those four episodes. Well done to all concerned actors, writers, editors, etc. And they've left us with one or two little loose ends, uh, such as when is Rory is going to come out to Brian and Jennifer. And maybe that'll be this week. Or maybe this week we'll get a bit more development in the Philip Moss story or the Alice story. Uh, I hope so, because... Um, the one downside of last week was that uh, any resolution of those was delayed a bit. Although there was that little hint about maybe Helen's going to get involved in buying the house from Kirsty and Philip. Interesting to see how that will develop. Thank you all for the podcast. It's all from me this week. Stay safe, everybody, and have a great week in Dumpty Dumland. Bye. Oh, yes. Brilliant. So what's going to happen this week with Rory and the Moss story? Will we get a resolution to that? And Helen buying the Moss mansion. Oh, my goodness. This just made me so cross. How? First of all, what price do we think this house is? It's got to be at least in the three hundred to four hundred thousand pound mark. What salary is Helen on that she thinks she can afford this house? Um, is it a moss mansion? I was seeing it more of a moss masonette. Oh, I don't know. The way they've sort of bigged it up and it's one of the best in the in the area and it's bigger and all these rooms and the garden seems so big. It's got it's got to be worth a few hundred thousand. And if if Helen hasn't got the salary, what are they just going to give her the money while Tom stays in that flat above the shop? I just don't understand how this is going to happen. Sensible financial decisions are not being made and that makes me very cross. Mm. Well, because I surely this whole storyline has to be an utter, utter, utter um, dead end. Yes, I hope so. But I hope it's right at the end because I'm, I'm afraid, Helen, I'm sorry. I know you've gone through a lot, but I'm not your number one fan. And I would like it to be as the removal men are pulling up that's what that's when when we find out but i have to say if making cheese pays a salary of about a hundred thousand pounds i'm off to retrain <laughs> fair dues fair dues <laughs> we've so we've talked about rory 
and we've talked about the fact that he heard his mother's voice for the first time, in, a, mm. in effect for the first time, that he can actually really, really remember. But we didn't talk about him coming out, did we? No, wasn't that wonderful? I thought, fantastic. I mean, um, some people were saying, oh, wasn't Ben kind about it and nice? And I thought, well, yes, he was, but so he should be. It should be a, a joyful thing, something for a friend to to tell another friend. And I and it had been on the cards, but there has been some discussion about which character might actually come out next. Let's say there's, there's, hopefully it's not the the last. Oh, it was just a beautiful scene, a very soft and gentle one. Uh, no fireworks, just um, a friendship and an honesty. I just like the fact that. Ben wasn't really bothered. That younger generation is like, yeah, whatevs. And he saw it just as an opportunity that when they when they go out, when eventually they can go out, he mm. in his mind he'd get the girls and Rory'd get the boys, although Rory didn't quite see it that way. I just thought, yes, that's just just how it should be. But I think finding the CD and the conversation that they had. There was a real closeness then. There wasn't the bravado. And okay, Ben wasn't exactly helping, but he was there and he didn't sort of run away and he understood how emotional it would be. So I think it was a sort of a series of events. And we needed to know what Rory was going through and him wondering about whether his mother would be proud. So then we had the resolution in, in Schwann telling him how proud she was and us all applauding her as, as she did that. Anyway, moving swiftly on, Glyn, thank you for your call, sir. Uh, we're going to move to Margot with the hard tea. She's in New Jersey, don't you know? Hello, Dumpty Dummers all over the world. It's Margot from New Jersey. It's been a while since I've called in, but life is hectic these days. But I had to call in because what a big contrast it is from the last couple of weeks where everybody has been complaining about what a horrible mother Ruth is, and then contrasting that to the way Jenny Darling has been with Rory all week. The fact that this isn't Jennifer's child, that it was, you know, he was brought into their family under these really terrible set of circumstances of the affair with Siobhan. And uh, although I haven't listened throughout Rory's entire life on the Archers, just seeing their relationship and how warm she is to him, and especially in this moment where he really needs a mother figure so much that she just steps in and no matter what misgiving she has, no matter the pain that she has had from, you know, her past experience with Siobhan and bringing Rory into her life, she just loves him and does whatever he needs her to do. And I think it's a really beautiful thing that despite the negative circumstance that there can be this amazing relationship between him and Jenny and that she can be there for him in his moment of need. Otherwise, I hope you are all well and safe and healthy and bye for now. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. Jennifer's been such a good mother figure in this, especially when you compare it to Ruth. I wonder if Jennifer could actually run some parenting classes for, for the whole area, because I do feel there's quite a few people that need some guidance. And Whilst we're on the whole Jennifer is a wonderful mother thing, and she is, mm. uh, we, we do need to also remember that um, Alice is part of her brood. Oh, yes. Gosh. Oh, my goodness. I take everything back. <laughs> I feel just... Mm. <laughs> yes, I and then doesn't she wrong. have a somewhat <laughs> entitled younger daughter who's away slightly with the fairies? 
Yes, and, and Adam's an interesting chap as well. OK, she's very good at being a mother figure, but not good at being a mother. So that's different. Oh, no, 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 no. I think she's 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 a very good mother, but we, we have to be careful that we don't, you know, deify her completely and so that she can do utterly no wrong. That's all I'm saying. You know, is it is it though with Rory that she doesn't put him on a pedestal? She's very sort of honest and open with him, whereas her sort of direct children, she has them on this pedestal. They can do no wrong. Everything's wonderful. Um, and there isn't that transparency and that honesty. Mm. I, I, I don't know. But talking about her being a mother again, or her conversation with Alice, uh, with Alice saying, you know, you can slag off Siobhan and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. Um, not only was it given us some kind of insights in, into Alice, but but also just the, the, the mother and daughter dynamic and the fact that there is this difficult um, aspect to the whole Aldridge family uh dynamic um which is Siobhan and mm. Siobhan isn't mentioned and the hurt the pain uh which Jennifer suffered uh with the with the whole revelation of Law- Rory it hasn't quite been forgotten and and Jennifer's been sitting and dealing with that you know for, for all these years you know mm. uh, and Alice gave her the opportunity to just vent if she needed to great uh that's margot with a hard t uh lovely to hear from you uh margot uh, now we're going on to monty hadn't called him for months and now we've got two bites of the cherry in consecutive weeks hello everyone uh monty here thank you for your kind words last week uh royfield and everybody else about my uh new job uh, you asked what it was so yeah i'm working for a cyber security company as the uh, product technology lead so, uh, yeah, I am actually working in cyber, uh, but I didn't used to be a ballerina. So um, the government weren't quite right on that. But for the uh, um, overseas listeners, the, the government had here had a uh, bit of a crass advertising campaign where they had a ballerina who they were saying used to um, now works in cyber. And there were, I don't know what they were, message they were trying to get across. But anyway, I actually do work in cyber, yeah. Um, and my job is, is uh, to basically help the uh, development the software development team write software so that's what i do for a living anyway as far as the arches are concerned um i really enjoyed this week i did um i thought this the stuff with siobhan was very moving i thought getting the actor back who played her to record that was a stroke of genius it was probably the only monologue over the last few months that i've actually enjoyed i had had a tear in my eye i thought it was excellently done um, and I thought um, that the well, Rory's uh, um, reaction was was very believable as well. And I liked the whole bit side um, plot with him as well when he's now come out um, as bisexual. I think that's really good turn of uh, events. I think that's really um, healthy for the script and 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 to have uh, more diversity uh, in the characters. So fully approve of all that. Um, so yeah, really good this week. The only thing is, of course, we have still have no re- re- resolution on the slavery um, storyline. So I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, take care, everyone. Thanks very much. Speak soon. Bye. Ah, oh, Monty. Yes. Yeah, so sadly, not a ballerina, but works in cybersecurity. Well, I never. Um, but 
uh, this point about how wonderful it was to hear Siobhan and it's the only monologue that he's enjoyed. I, I, I quite agree with that. I mean, if they couldn't have got the original actor, would it have been the same if they'd got someone else? I, I don't know. Um, but then I started thinking, is this going to be a thing? Are we going to hear more of voices from the past? Is Rob going to leave Helen a voice memo that we have to endure? What do you think, Royce? <laughs> well, I don't know about the, the Rob and the Helen thing, though it would be incredibly chilling. Mm, uh, yes. If, uh, it, it would be chilling because his voice is just, you know, oh. Anyway, um, it was genius. It was utter genius uh for them to uh find the actor and for the bbc to give her a little bit more work because i uh, you, you know we know as sure as eggs is eggs she wasn't expecting another check from the b was she uh to, at least to pay the same role you know so it was that was incredibly clever which mm. made it even more poignant all of us older listeners of a certain vintage you know that was her that absolutely wasn't yes. somebody putting mm. on the voice that was the voice of Siobhan Hathaway so uh, that was that that was brilliant and and to a very small degree because it was her this woman that created all this havoc uh, in the mid noughts in Ambridge we felt a little bit of what Rory felt we were yanked back what else? What else did Monty talk about? Um, data, being a data, was he? What was he doing again to do with data? Data Working projects. In his cyber security on the software I'm side. Fallen, so... Fallen asleep already. Oh, fallen come asleep. On. Come on. <laughs> it just means, you know, I'm worried he's going to infiltrate my emails to you, Royfield. He'll be seeing all my nonsense. The worrying thing for me is some 18 months ago, two years ago, we used to have lots of problems with the, the Russians and the Azerbaijanis hacking their way into dumdydum.com. Where was Monty then? Where was he then when we needed we needed the good <laughs> dumdydummers to get off their backsides and defend our cybersecurity but... against these bloody Russian hackers? And uh, you know what? I don't remember getting an email from Monty saying, I can help. Yes, but do you have any problems now? No, because it's not because Monty's of Monty. on the case. Yes, he's there in the background. He's working there. He's sorting it all out. Thank goodness for Monty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think you're bigging up Monty when Monty does not deserve a bigging up, Mrs. Because I, oh. I tell you, right, this is because I had to pay for extra security on the website. So some American company, I'm paying them proper dollar. Sounds anyway. a bit like the mafia. It's a bit worrying. Well, I tell you what, right, there are some aspects of, of the internet and you do feel like uh, the mob have got hold of you because this whole cybersecurity thing, this could well be, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist by nature, but it's a case of you, your website gets hacked and all of a sudden, right, there's all these companies popping up saying, oh, we can stop this from happening, you know. Isn't that the type of thing the mob used to do with protection? <laughs> When they walk around your business, smash it up a bit, the next day come and say, oh, your business got smashed up. You need to pass for protection. It's the same racket. That's but what I'm Mont saying. Is, Mont is here. Software Superman to the rescue. He's going to sort this out. He's going to defend you from the mafia and he's going to save the day. I'm just looking at the name of the company that um, I pay this money to <laughs> yeah. each month. Uh, Monty.com. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 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 
Well done, Monty. You've got me by the short and curlies. Uh, here is somebody who uh, hasn't got me by the short and curlies, but definitely is a, an integral part of the whole Dumbledore Dumb firmament and has a place in our heart. It's Witherspoon up at East West Side. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Well, a week ago, the morning after I was complaining to you all about the lack of an election call, we were celebrating in the streets of New York, Philadelphia, Washington, and around the world. Lessons learned for all of us. Patience is a virtue, especially when there's a good story afoot. A week later, back to Middle England, and the Witherspoon Network has projected that Freddie will be the next LGBT resident of Ambridge. What? My projection is wrong? It's Rory, you say? You could knock me over with a feather. All pre-election polls pointed to young Pargeter. Well, at least our general speculations were right that there is a new bisexual in the village. Welcome to the 21st century, the Archers. What about a young lesbian as well, please? Now, where the storyline will go, I don't know, but I'll speculate. No, Rory will not have an affair with his co-best mate, Ben. But I do think Brian is not going to be over the moon about this, despite Rory's prediction that he would be fine, because Adam did all the heavy lifting already. Sorry, Rory. Adam is not Brian's son. You are his only son and his pride and joy. And I'm not referring to gay pride. When Brian finds out, he's going to be very wounded by this, and he's going to be very angry at you, at least for a while, or until Jenny steps up to the plate, as she so wonderfully did this week, and talks some sense into him. That's my projection, or prediction, and I'm sticking with it. Talk to you soon. Oh, yes, what a joyful message that is. Absolutely. What what a week it's been. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't see Ben and Rory becoming boyfriends. It's just too a bit... Too- bit too twee almost if that if that happens but I'm really intrigued by the thought that Brian won't cope well initially and you could see that that panning out that would be really interesting to listen to and how Jenny has sort of come to the rescue my question Royfield for you is if Jenny was a superhero what would she be I was thinking Knickerbocker woman <laughs> because she could be she's so sweet and yet slightly behind the times <laughs> uh I don't know about that, right? I'm not saying you're wrong. I genuinely don't know because I need to sit down and think. You're much quicker on the draw than I am. I I need to like sit down, let things you know cogitate, to, you know ruminate for uh, before I can actually come up with a, a a quick quick answer. But um, do you remember the Incredibles? I certainly do. Well, the genius that the many genius things about the Incredibles, but it was basically the. In terms of family construct, their pow- their powers were the archetypal way that we view that family member. So our dad is incredibly strong, hence Mr. Incredible was super strong. Yeah. Our moms are incredibly flexible and they're elastic in terms of what they can do, hence she had stretching powers. Um, you know, the young, the young boy... Uh, our young brother, sorry, is, you know, always darts around and whatever is mm. like crashing and banging into things. Hence, you had super speed. I think Jennifer is Elastigirl. She is flexible, malleable, um, all embracing. And it goes back to really what we said about her in, in this episode. So that's who should be for me, mm. uh, you know, super stretchable. 
somebody who, you know, think about it, you know, Jennifer is a bit of a snob, but she goes from, you know, being on the cover of Bortitcher Life to running the village website, at least she used to, that type of thing, being the mother hen, you know, she, she, she's very adaptable and very malleable, almost like plasticine in that way. And she has coped with, with the house move, which I didn't think, I didn't think she would, but you're not trying to say that Brian is Mr. Incredible, are you? Oh, no. He, he's... <laughs> no, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> what would his uh, red corduroy trousers man? That's who he would be, or cravat man. Uh, so he has the... Pa- what, what can you do with the cravat? I In... don't know. All I can think about is Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> Miss Sally, Miss Sally. <laughs> I don't know why. When you said Wurzel Gummidge, I just thought of Des O'Connor. And it's sad that he's passed. Oh, yes. That was, that's so sad. Yes. Hmm. He's going to be missed. He was a great interviewer and it was just a funny, a funny man. It it is a shame. He was just comfortable, wasn't he? There's no Mm. side to Des. You just just like Des O'Connor. It just just reminds me of... uh, Late late childhood, early teenage years. Just Des O'Connor. You know, everything was all right with the world. It was Des. Yes. Yeah, I agree. You know, one in ten unemployed, Thatcherism ripping the guts out of Britain. But there was Des. Things things weren't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're just a bowl of fun, aren't you? I yes, am. No. I am. I am. Uh, now, talking about a bowl of fun, we have emails. Go. So the first email is from Vicky Cole with the subject, Pass the Tissues. Hello, everyone. Well done, The Archers. What an amazing episode. I no doubt, along with uh, millions of others around the world, was sobbing listening to Siobhan talking to her boy. It was completely wonderful. Maybe we should all be writing letters or recording something for our children just in case. Thanks for all the podcasts. Always a highlight of my week. Love from a very wet Sri Lanka, Vicky. Oh, gosh, absolutely. I It made me think about what I should be doing and memory boxes and recording. And uh, uh, is there anybody that didn't cry when when they listened to that? What, what do you think, Royfield? Was there somebody stood there dry eyed? Me. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> I didn't cry. Did I think it was well done? Yes. Did I think it was emotional? Yes. Did I think it was poignant? Yes, 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 yes. I didn't cry, though. <sighs> well... I'm just holding my head in my hands. It's uh, there we go. Well, I'm I'm going to move on from Vicky and, and go to the next one before I start crying that you didn't cry, you see. It's all, <laughs> all very emotional. <laughs> so the next email is from Marjorie with a hello and a question. Dear Royfield and fellow Dumpty Dummers, this is Marjorie, second time email linera. Sorry to confuse you with the pronunciation of my name. It's like Marjorie Antrobus, but spelt differently. I haven't got Afghan hounds though. I didn't email last week and having just listened to the podcast, now I'm feeling very guilty. Thanks Royfield, as if I didn't already have enough guilt already, what with the climate and everything. So a question. We've got at least two more weeks of lockdown in England. If you were somehow stranded in Ambridge and had to bubble up with one of the Ambridge households, who would it be? Would you, for example, go for excellent food and your own wing at Lower Loxley in exchange for having to put up with Russ or choose good company and bootleg beer at Jim's, but have to put up with sleeping on the sofa next to Jazz's smelly trainers? Bye for now, Marjorie. Well, I love this question. And I, I, strangely enough, 
I want to go to the Moss Mansion or Maisonette, whatever it is, because I would love to just sit there and suggest we all play a game of charades and, uh, I don't know, something like War Horse. Would that, would that be the, the thing to do in charades? Just to get the emphasis across and just to be there to tell Kirsty what is going on, shine the torch in her eyes, let her see the reality and just witness the chaos. What about you, Royfield? Um, I'm down the ball. Kenton and Jolene all the way for me. All right. Um, I think it would be fun. Um, mm. I, I, I really quite like Jolene. And I think um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, if you were to plot uh, like a character popularity graph, since we've just been doing Dum Dum in the six plus years we've been doing it, uh, Jolene would have slightly fallen down in terms of popularity. I think she's really quite up there. Gen- she's great if you're in a if you've got a problem or a crisis, she'll put her arm around your shoulder and also give you wise counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, the only bad thing is about her is her singing and this country music thing. But other than that, it's, it's all thumbs up all the way. And the only reason why she would have slightly fallen down the, uh, the popularity charts is because she hasn't really had too many storylines to, to, to get her teeth into. However, if it's, how long am I, am I there for, did she say? Uh, two weeks you've got there. Oh, no, yeah, definitely, definitely. Food would be all right because you're going to have... Um, you know, the lots food. of sandwiches. Well, but also food, food, food from the pub, aren't you? You know, yeah. Wayne, Wayne, Fo- no, not but Wayne Foley. Uh, Wayne Tucson. There you go. Wayne Tucson is going to be cooking there in in the kitchen. The food's going to be good. You're going to have your, uh, you know, your your choice of a, a good bourbon or two, uh, <laughs> and convivial company. You know, Kenton. Okay, after two weeks, he might grate on you a little, but you know, the first week is going to be a proper barrel of laughs. So I'm, I'm in the bull all the way. And you could be organising Zoom calls for Jolene and her singing. You could be helping her perform no, to the no, world. I'm, you see, I'm not an enabler <laughs> in that way. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Fair mm. enough. Well, on to the next email. This is from Stephen from the West Country. Mm-hmm. Hello, Royfield, Kerry and Pete, or whoever may be in the hot seats this week. By this point in the podcast, you'll have all said all there is to say about the message from Sean, how it brought lumps to throats and tears to eyes. Yeah, except Royfield's, I would just add in. Anyway, how the years roll I don't back. think Pete Fickling cried either. Pete, help me out here. I've defended you um, with your the words about Pip. Now, come on, Pete, come to my rescue. Anyway, you're taking me away from this, this brilliant mm-hmm. email. How the years roll back to that torrid affair and its tragic conclusion and how exactly Rory should be spelt. So <laughs> I won't dwell on that, or at least not on the part of the message we've all heard. Instead, I'm going to make a plot prediction that there is a second, less emotional, but more practical message on that compact disc. And that message will reveal where Sean has hidden some treasure that she found when wandering off microphone across Brookfield land. And that location is the ancient Manglewurzel clamp in the depths of catacombs beneath Home Farm House, where Admiral Bellamy's great-great-grandfather had installed it to ensure he had enough food for his livestock and household during the miserable years of 1816, the year without a summer, and 1817 when the epidemic ravaged Borsetshire. Armed with this information, Rory and Ben will go in search of the half away horde, not realising that the home farm catacombs are now the real home of the Gill people who bought the farmhouse after that unfortunate business with Brian, the chemicals and the amp. 
they will find too late that the mangle wurzel clamp has now become the temple of this mysterious brood of fish-like humanoids where they worship their eldritch gods and are plotting the takeover of Ambridge before spreading out along the Am and the Arkwright Canal to bring all Borsetshire under their thrall. Will Rory and Ben be caught by these fell beings? Will they be turned into sacrifices to the mysterious tentacled deities that the Guild people owe fealty towards? Or will they escape, sadder but wiser, and unable to convince anybody else of what is happening in dank, moist tunnels beneath the fields they know? Well, it's got to be a better storyline than the Christmas show. Cheers, Stephen. Good grief. That's, uh, I think Stephen <laughs> needs to contact the, the publishers of Ambridge at War and offer his book because this is, this is a story in the making. Yeah. Uh, dare I say, it's, uh, mate, that was almost wasted on, on, on this podcast. Uh, you, 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 you have a talent, sir. And um, yes, it, it needs to be outed uh, more than just uh, on this podcast. So uh, yes, put, put it into a book and I'll review it for you. Look at you plugging your own podcast, plugging your own <laughs> wares. Well done. Uh, do we have another email? We do from Claire. Hello, all. I'm Clarinet on the Twitters. I do hope that Peter and Kerry are on this week. They have a wonderful chemistry and Peter is not afraid to openly disagree with Royfield, which I felt was the thing missing when Lucy left. The podcast needs opposing views. I actually nearly stopped listening, but then Peter livened things up. This is my first time writing in. I'm not sure what my vintage is. I grew up with the archers on in the background and I was pregnant at the same time as Lizzie and Ruth. Thursday's episode was a really special one and I struggled to keep it together through a lot of it. My own father died when I was 11 and I can't picture his voice in my head. I've searched everywhere over the years for a cassette with his voice on and I think there just isn't one. Receiving something like this from my father would have meant the absolute world to me. It was so beautifully done. While I often don't like Jennifer as a person, her relationship with Rory has to be commended. I'm delighted too that they've made Rory bisexual. There are so few characters anywhere who are. He's so very much more interesting than Adam and Ian too, yawn. My daughter is gay and it's great to see more non-hetero characters out there to normalise the reality, which is so underrepresented, yes, in dramas as a whole. Please, 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 can you remind people not to post spoilers in their posts during the week on Facebook. It's easy to put stuff in comments instead. My husband and I like to listen together in one go. I've turned off as many notification settings as I can, but still get shown posts in my feed. Anyway, hope that makes sense, Claire. Oh, Claire, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, well, first of all, I'm sorry that I'm not Peter and Kerry. I I'm just <laughs> I just feel very insignificant, and I can only apologise. And uh, yes, I'm just very sorry about that. And I, I'm sorry that it stirred up such emotions for you. It was a very emotional episode, wasn't it? And just wanting to hear someone's voice, it it, uh, it would mean so much. I can understand. So um, now these spoilers. Yes, who who is listing spoilers? I, I think there's a there's a way to avoid it, isn't there, Royfield? Well, um, she she has said the way we've basically instituted that policy that you don't put it in the title of the post so you wouldn't say oh my god susan stabbed neil i didn't see that coming as the title of your post you would say yeah. something like crumbs who would have thought that susan would have done that 
and then within then the comments then you then say well you know you should, okay. should stab stab nil i must admit and i don't want to be difficult in all of this because that's the way that we do in this before anybody goes oh bloody old royfield if you listen all at once i.e mm. to the omnibus mm. wouldn't you just stay off social media no, I don't think so, because there's certainly been some times, this is in years past, when I've missed the episode. And, uh, for example, I mean, I tend to listen to the episodes first thing the next morning. Um, so uh, it's when something's gone on and it's been on social media, it has spoilt it for me. When Nick died, I knew what had happened and, and there wasn't the incredible shot when, when that when that did occur. Um, so I, I understand. And it's hard, though, because when something's happening and if you listen to it, you want to go on and talk to all the other lovely Dumpty Dummers about it. But, so... but, but, but the thing for me, right, and I know I'm not alone in this. And, and again, we are doing this. Uh, we have instituted exactly what you said on, on Facebook. Mm. right? But if something is out there, Right, so the the episode has been released. Shouldn't people be able to talk about it because it is out there? They do not know how and when you choose to listen to it. The episode yeah. is out there. I would say the onus then is upon you then to switch off social media, etc., because you've chosen to, for whatever reason, for whatever good reasons, not to listen to it again. Uh, this is actually my personal view, but I don't feel that strongly enough about it to say to hell with it. We're going to upset the, let's say, 30% of people who, uh, for whatever reason, maybe good reasons, the working shifts, they can't listen to the show, etc., mm. etc., when it comes out, who have chosen not to listen to it, but still then would go on to social media. I personally don't understand it, but I don't feel strongly enough about it to say to hell with it. I'm just going to accept those 30% of people who are listening out of step. So just go for it. But can't we just sort of help everybody, keep everybody happy? But by... we're not, though. That's the thing. We're not. So <laughs> we are. Uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not quite saying it's tail wagging dog. But again, we have instituted this whereby... In the titles, we don't say exactly what has happened. Mm. So last week, um, I, I forget what I said on the uh, the Rory episode. Uh, I said something like "damn" or "gosh!" exclamation mark. Mm. Right? Yeah. So I didn't spoil it. No, but the episode is out there. Oh, it is a difficult one. I don't I think... think it is. I really disagree. I oh. don't think it is. I think if the episode is out there and this is a forum where people are talking specifically about that show, I think if you've not listened to it, avoid it. I, I really do. However, and this sounds totally uh, like I'm contradicting myself, I genuinely don't think it's important enough for us to upset those 30% of people. So hence when the social media team were talking about this and they said, how, how should we do it? I went along with the consensus, but I am personally baffled by it. I am. If um, Claire's happy with you, you know, I think you putting gosh as, as the title is, is, personally, I think that's fine. You've not revealed what's happened and then people can go on and comment. But not every, how many people actually get to listen to it at seven o'clock? I, I don't, and the magic is the surprise. Um, so I think, 
I'm sorry to say, but I think if we can just try this middle road, call me United Nations, then um, that should, everybody can, they can talk about it, but equally there aren't the spoilers because you want people interacting on Dumpty Dum as well. It's not all about what's just happened. It's about so much more than that on, fa on the Facebook group. Mm. And it would be a shame for people to to not join into that but equally if i see something and i haven't yet listened to the episode it it's it's down to me not listening to the episode so i you know i accept that anyway uh if i was to opine about this anymore i'd be repeating myself and people would say that i really think it's more important than life and death and i, and I really don't and that's not to um to take away from anybody's uh, thoughts and feelings on it so i'm going to move on do we have another email we do. We have one more and it's from Jeff. Um, Hi, all. I sent this email this morning before listening to this week's omnibus. You'd think I'd be writing to completely change the whole email. But no, I still think my prediction is nearer the mark than anything about Freddy. And frankly, after an episode with so much human drama, all I can say is that it shows what a clever piece of misdirection the writers have been playing. So I want my original message to stand with just one change where I put Josh read Ben. So here goes version two. I can't believe all this speculation that Freddie might be gay. To my mind, there is absolutely no evidence to back this up at all. On the other hand, I've been expecting Ben to be revealed as gay since his very first scene with Rory. Not sure it goes both ways and wouldn't be surprised if Ben has a crush on Rory, but this is not reciprocated. All the other scenes with Ben and Rory implied that there was a real closeness between them, much more than simply two friends meeting up. There were also other subtle clues. I clearly remember a scene between Ben and David when Ben was looking forward to seeing Rory later that day when he returned home for the school holidays. David also noticed that Ben was wearing a new shirt and then said, have you changed your hair? Ben brushed this off by embarrassedly saying he was just trying something new. All this stuff with Ben and women out of his league could simply be a cover-up, not unusual for young people with their families before they come out. Alternatively, he may be in denial and trying to prove something to himself. Or maybe the producer change and the new man didn't like the character profile of his predecessor. There you go. Now you have at least one email to read on next week's podcast. All the best, Jeff. Well, I really admire Jeff for his attention to detail. That is fantastic how much he he noticed about, about that. Um, ben could have a crush, time will tell. I, I, I'm not so sure. I don't know. But I think we've got Stephen writing history. We've got Jeff writing, is it fantasy? Is it fiction? Who knows what's going to happen? We've got a whole load of authors here, Royfield. We do. And you've got a, a deep well of interviewees for, for your next podcast, haven't you, basically? Yes. And it's all grist for the mill for you, uh, so to speak. So um, what are you going to do with all these newfound um, literary contacts? I'm just going to have to, to make even more podcasts and even more episodes. I'm going to have to give up my day job <laughs> and just spend my time talking about books. Oh, if only. So, so the, basically, your podcast earns you close to a hundred thousand pounds because earlier <laughs> you made the point of saying that if making cheese can bring in that money you will give up your career as a financial consultant isn't that basically what you do it's something to do with high finance isn't it 
No, financial consultant. No, thank you. I'm an investment portfolio manager. Thank you. Same thing, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. No, it's not. Thank you. Thank you very, very much indeed. But no, the reason I started the the book podcast was that uh, I was feeling slightly guilty about the amount of books that I The amount of money you're... you're, you're, (laughs) So now, when the books arrive, I can just say to my husband, oh, no, 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 it's from the publisher. It's from the publisher. It's okay." So now I have no guilt in reading as many books as I do. Mm, Right. Okay. I feel you nearly outed a very salient truth uh, there, but you pulled yourself back from the brink. Uh, do we have any more emails? I know we had a, a shed turn. Uh, do we have any no, more? Okay, slashing. That, that is it. Right. Now it's that time when normally I say it's social media. However, um, we haven't got a social media roundup this week. Oh, no. Mm. Well, we have talked quite a bit, actually. We have covered we have. quite a lot today, if people are still on. awake. You have personally, <gasps> yourself, uh, gone on. So Thanks. Uh, but being as we don't have a social media roundup, today we're going to have the return of our occasional slot, B-Corner. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody. Lovely people. It's Siri, Queen Altar on the Twitters here, um, with a bit of a bee update. I had a chat with our friend Trevor the Tree Surgeon last week, who's been asked to put some beehives on the top of a new corporate building that's being built in um, the southeast, let's call it that. Uh, and we had a really good chat. And I thought, actually, this is stuff that you might want to know about in terms of bees. So he was asking how you position them. How do you get a beekeeper? Uh, what else do you do? How do you do the right corporate responsibility with bees in order to do the right thing for them, but also to look good? Let's be realistic. Companies want to do that. So my advice to him was to find a good local beekeeper because every beehive needs to be inspected on a regular basis throughout the summer to see whether they built new queen cells, whether they're going to swarm, if they've got any stores, if they're going to actually all just shove off and leave you, which is a really big problem. But also it's really very important if you were deciding that you were going to put beehives on the top of a building and this one's going to be about four stories high is that it's not too high and also there's oodles of things for them to actually get nectar from and pollen from in the surrounding area so just as important as finding a beekeeper getting the equipment putting a hive on top of your building is making sure there's actually something for them to eat unfortunately this building that he's going to be putting them onto has a uh roof garden so it's got lots of flowering plants it's got pots it's also in grounds so not only are they going to make sure that they plant lots of flowering plants but also they're going to put in some bee hotels because actually the population which is really under threat is not so much honeybees but it's the bumblebees that we talked about last time solitary bees carpentry bees masonry bees and they are the ones who really need our support more than anything so as part of their corporate strategy i have suggested that they go out plant lots of forage make sure there's something for them to eat they get somebody who knows what they're talking about and they also support the local wild bee population and bringing all of those things together they might get some honey that they can give out to corporate guests but more importantly what they can say is that they've got a really good strategic approach to helping bees stay alive, stay populating the planet, pollinating the planet, and making sure that we all have enough to eat. Um, I'll be back next time then to talk more about lovely bees. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, Philippa, Paul, that you didn't do Tweets of the Week. Would I be right or wrong? You see, guessing at me again, I did. I did oh, the tweet smashing. of the week. Thank you very much. Oh, the one oh, that's and only. It, that's it. Yeah, you're lazy. You know, <gasps> when Quentin or Peter do it, they put their backs into it and they find. Excuse not me. One, am not I a two, copycat? Three, three tweets uh, to recommend to commend. 
you can then do the one. But anyway, go on. Uh, I'm waiting with bated breath. Well, I don't think I'm going to do it now. I'm going to oh, go on strike. Oh, come on. Don't, don't be so ridiculous. People are waiting. <laughs> so this is from Carol Maynot, and her tweet was, which wine goes with Knickerbocker glory? And that made me laugh very much because my answer to that would be Blue Nun. Oh, well done. Hey. <laughs> See, wine pairings. Yes. It's all, it's all part of the service, yes. Roy Phil. Yes. Goodness. We get uh, literature. We get well, a chocolate. <laughs> what else we had from you? Very strong Nothing much by the sound of it. Chocolate confectionery. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Oh, a little bit of chat about the arches, just a little bit. Mm, All right, smashing. All right, folks, uh, that's that's been your Dumby Dum. Dumbydum.com. People are signing up to it again. Um, but remember I said, um, hold fire on the really going at it with gusto um, because uh, Jesse is sorting out Tractor, the big map, the big map of the world, where you can pin yourself to it and then you can see which Dumby Dumbers are actually close by. Hopefully, he's no more than a week away from getting this finished. So we will properly unveil uh, that to you in, in a week or two. But you can go on to dumdum.com. And if you already have signed up, uh, you can leave a comment on, on a previous show. You can say, oh, what you thought about it. If you thought that uh, Philippa was up to snuff, uh, and, uh, you know, or, and maybe talk about her, her podcast, Quick Book Reviews. Ooh. You know, you can go on to dumdum.com and say, oh, we'll have that Quick Book Reviews. And... You know what it did? It did what it said on the tin. It gave me some quick reviews about books, right? Yeah, you know, and um, that's all I could handle. Oh, you guys smashing, right? So <laughs> you can go to dumdum.com, talk about stuff, as long as it's kind of related to the podcast. But then again, I go off piece all the time. You know, I talk about American politics and all sorts, because there are some things sometimes more important than Ambridge. Not often, but, and it's my right, it's my place just to sometimes mention there is an outside world. If you would like to support this podcast, um, why don't you go on to patreon.com? I know you're supporting it by listening, you're supporting it with your ears, but some people want to support it in other ways, like with their wallets, with their purses. So what you can do for $2 per show, and that's uh, American dollars, not Canadian, which um, is worth a little bit less. And uh, or some other dollar currency, uh, but with US dollars, uh, you basically can support this podcast. And it means it, you not only can you say, I support this podcast, you know, through bleds, blood, sweat and tears. You can also say you support it uh, with your wallet. So, um, so if you want to do that, go on to patreon.com and sign up for $2 per show. And, and at some point, good things will happen to you. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message or send a text message starting with DUM to 07786 200 690. Oh, smashing. Folks, you know what comes next, Twitter. It's <laughs> awesome. It's, um, but it's not without its faults. You know, people say, how come do you have a go at Facebook all the time? And I have a go at Facebook all the time because... Um, the, 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 the very people that put Facebook together don't realise that it um, is a platform which is rife for misinformation from nefarious players, not from just people putting up any old nonsense. You know, that's just the, the stuff of life. But you get state players, state actors who actively uh, try and subvert our democracy to subvert our society through Facebook. Does that go on through Twitter? Yes, it does. But the people at Twitter have acknowledged it. 
and they try and weed out the fake bots. That's the reason why I go on about Facebook all the time. But Twitter is not without its um, little odious bits. But the people who run Twitter have more of a social responsibility. Talking about social responsibility, uh, dum-de-dum, we have one. We have one to you. So if you're on Twitter, why don't you find said dum-de-dum by typing in dum-de-dum and uh, follow along and see what we say. Uh, how can people follow you on Twitter? Oh, yes, please. be lovely. Uh, I am at QuickBook Reviews, but just to confuse, instead of a W, it's a three. That's not very impressive, is it? Well, I did make comment on this before, and I, mm. I don't know, repeat myself, so I'm just going to move on. Right, so... <laughs> <you> for <laughs> can, once, for once, that's something you're not getting at You can today. follow me on Twitter, where I'm at Royfield. And if you followed me yesterday, you'd have seen tweets about Lewis Hamilton and his sublime drive in the Turkish Grand Prix. Something, uh, a drive for the ages, it was, on worn tyres, driving through the field uh, on a, a track with little or no grip. And he did it, uh, one of his best ever drives to become the seventh, the seven-time world champion to equal Michael Schumacher's record. You would have all seen, also seen me talk about The Crown, which I watched the first two episodes. Did you watch The Crown yesterday? No, I haven't. I haven't watched it yet, I'm afraid. I'm sorry, I've failed you yet again. We'll add it to the list. No, Philippa, you've never, ever failed me. You see, now, now you're trying to be nice at the no, very no, end. No, 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 Philippa. Friends never fail me. They just add to my life. You add to my life. You add to me, Philippa. Thank you. You sarcastic bugger. Not at you. all. That was totally heartfelt. <laughs> and, and can we just say what about Kerry and Peter on Twitter as well? Because people will be worried about how Kerry is. We want her to be feeling better. I hadn't better. even finished yet. Oh, I was talking about the crown. Yeah, sorry, go on. Mm. So uh, it's Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher, and then we've got um, Diana Spencer. And um, I must admit, this is the first time uh, I've watched an episode of The Crown, and I've gone, mm, is that really Margaret Thatcher? Is that really Lady Di? Because I actually know these characters, at least I know them in, you know, from watching it on, on TV, whereas beforehand, The Crown has always dealt with history for me. So you know, the portrayal mm. of Winston Churchill before, or I don't know, Clem Attlee or whoever, these are people from the page of history, whereas Lady Di, for me, isn't. Anyway, just interesting. I was much more critical about these first two episodes than I have done about any others. And I realised it's because I lived through these events. Mm. Uh, so now you can mention Peter and Kerry. Yes, thank you. Because we need to be checking up on Kerry to make sure she's she's all right and, Im and improving. So how how can they find Kerry and Peter? Oh, you can find Auntie Kerry Warburton at Kerry Warbis, spelled K-E-R-I-W-A-R-B-I-S, Kerry Warbis. And Pete Ficklin can be, uh, can be found at Pete Ficklin. That's exactly how it uh, sounds, is how it's spelled. And remember, when tweeting about the archers, please use the capitalised hashtag of the archers. So a capital T and a capital A, as this helps visually impaired people who use screen readers. Without the capitals, it is read as a string of gobbledygook. Well, Philippa Hall, um, I think we've just... Oh, 
I have to say big up to the Flick App posse, Flick App people, or people that want to join the Flick App. Remember, Flick App is the, the app which is in your pockets, on your phone, on your little smartphone. And uh, if you join it, uh, basically, uh, you've got a whole load of friends. You've got 559 friends in your pocket. Now, uh, Film Club, the next Film Club is going to be December the 6th. And we are reviewing uh, the trial of the Chicago 7th. If you've watched it and uh, you want to um, join Film Club, why don't you go onto the Flick app, download it if you haven't done already, sign up, and then you can join us. Current threads of note are recommended podcasts, random. Oh, somebody says, nice comment from you in, in the Groniad, uh, Royfield, in the Guardian about Lewis Hamilton. Oh, yeah, they're smashing. Uh, Probably virtuous loop there. I just mentioned that beforehand. Uh, people wanting more Zoom. Where in the world? Where in the world is actually one of my favourite th- threads. But if you've got a passion interest, if you've got like something like, oh, I'll get my teeth into, what are you into other than books, Philippa? And chocolate. Oh, my God, no, chocolate. <laughs> Go on to the Flick app. Set up a th- thread about chocolates that you like to eat, which ones you should avoid. So, fried Turkish delight, very obviously. Yeah, um, come on. And then let the good Flick App posse um, join in with that. Go onto there, create a thread about something that you're interested in, and lo and behold, somebody else will be interested in it too. And you can just yak away about it and stuff and share tips. You know, maybe the best place to go and get uh, a fried Turkish delight if you're abroad. You know, that type of thing, really. So anyway, <laughs> Flick App posse, love you big time. All right, folks, we'll see you all again in seven days' time, approximately seven days' time, uh, where Aunt Kerry Warburton will be fighting fit and she'll be alongside fickling. Tatty bye. Ta-da a bit.